morning, good evening, and good afternoon. I hope you guys have been having a wonderful week. I know I am. I still can't believe it's August. Can you guys? Shoot, it felt like we just blinked and 2022 was already over and we were going into 2023. And now we're here more than halfway through the year. And my God, has it been an interesting year. I mean, through the strikes, through... Yeah, I mean, honestly, hasn't been that thrilling. I mean, shoot, we haven't even had a hurricane, which isn't a bad thing. But still, you figured more cool stuff would happen. Well, more in a positive note. I know a bunch of stuff happened, but let's not focus on the negatives. Anyway, today on this episode, I'm going to be talking to you guys about a problem. And that is an MCU problem, or more specifically, their current MCU problem. And why I believe that the MCU is having a direction problem. And they don't know how to fix it or they're having trouble fixing it because of how much content they're putting out. But anyway, let's go ahead and turn back the clock. It is 2019. We just finished up Avengers Endgame. Everybody is happy. We just got through to Spider-Man. So many people are also happy. Not to mention Comic-Con came and we got a glimpse a glimpse of what was next for the MCU. And you know what that was? The multiversal saga. We were super excited. We didn't know what to expect. We got so many stuff slated for 2020, 2021, and so forth. And we were all ready for the next phase. And then COVID hit. Y'all remember COVID when everybody was scared to go outside and we were all hiding in our houses. Super excited, we were all happy, and yay. But anyway, we had to wait an entire year before getting anything new with the MCU, and a lot of projects got put on hold, and when they did start filming them, there was a lot of setbacks and all that good stuff. And then 2021 happened. We got our first project of Phase 4, which was WandaVision, the first official MCU TV series. Now, I'm hearing you guys in the back. I know all of you are going to shout, what about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? But it was shown to be non-canon. I mean, did you guys see the last few seasons? They obviously decided, hey, since we're no longer really a part of the MCU, we're just going to do our own thing, which is a good thing. But anyway, yes, WandaVision was the first official MCU TV series, and it was a hit. Oh my God, did we start phase four running? People scrambled to figure out what the new or who the new villain was going to be. A lot of people said Manifesto. That came up a lot during WandaVision. Oh my God, did it come up a lot. I mean, seriously, you couldn't go a week without figuring out, oh my God, is this Manifesto? Is this Manifesto? But anyway, once that show ended, we got a hint of Wanda's next appearance, which was going to be Doctor Strange 2. They gave us back Vision and introduced a new MCU hero, Spectrum, who in the comics was also, ironically and funnily enough, Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. Then came Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which explored what was going on in the world after the blip. Spider-Man kind of gave us a hint of what was going on, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier delved deep in it, basically showing us the problems the world was having, which was really cool. And this wasn't a whole universal magical threat. This was a lot more grounded. Reintroduced Zemo, gave us Zemo as this awesome villain, and I'm excited to see what he comes next in the next project he's in. 
but kind of gave us a hint of how the world was, setting us up for any future catastrophes that might fall upon the Earth. But still, we didn't get a hint of the new main villain, although they gave us some idea of threats that would be returning, but more on a street level. After this, we got Loki, which was another win for the MCU, and it finally, finally gave us a hint and a glimpse of what was to come with the multiverse and who the main villain was going to be. And that was Kang. It did a fantastic job showing us how scary Kang was going to be, especially since he was pulling the strings of the TVA and there was multiple versions of him. So this was great. We finally got our next Thanos level threat and it was played by Jonathan Majors who did a fantastic job portraying Kang or basically a version of him. People were excited, they had an idea of who the threat was going to be, and a lot of fans were happy because Kang wasn't some somebody, some regular old villain. This dude could manipulate time and was always a big threat in the comics. So people were excited, we got our main villain. Then comes the next and the first MCU movie of Phase 4, which was Black Widow, and it was okay. Wasn't really that great, mostly just added to the replacement of the Black Widow character, but honestly, this felt like something that should have been done before and not part of the new phase. And let's not forget Taskmaster. This film butchered a well-loved character in the comics and just gave us a shell of the character. I mean, seriously, if you compare Taskmaster from the movie to his comic counterpart, wow, did they disappoint us a lot, especially since there was a lot of hype behind it. But anyway, it did its job. It gave us the new Black Widow, not to mention gave us a recurring villain who was going to affect more of the street level of the MCU and someone who actually showed up at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So we kind of saw how this was going to lead into more of the grounded characters and it also led into Hawkeye, the TV show. And after all this came the What If TV show, which was entertaining and gave us more of glimpses into the multiverse, but nothing to really take seriously, which was nice. We didn't have to look for clues because this was a What If series. What if this happened instead of this? So it did give us some good stuff and gave us a bridge to Marvel Zombies and its own TV show. So like I said, it's a win-win and it gave us something to entertain ourselves and hold us over until the next series or the next movie. And by God, did the next movie come out and it was amazing, Shang-Chi. Now this was a great movie. Not only did it set us up for another street level, mid-level hero, but it did connect things, not only through a mystical level, but with the rings, because hey, this thing was not a part of the regular world, and it was admitting a signal, which basically led people to believe, oh my God, this thing is connected to Kang. Everybody was super excited because hey, we're starting to get somewhere. Sure, did Kang show up in the end credits? No, but it did give us a hint of what was to come. And then after Shang-Chi was The Eternals, which, yeah, that was not a great movie at all. It really made us wonder why these guys were important or why they mattered. Not to mention, why the heck didn't they help out? I get it. They couldn't interfere unless they basically had a uh, whatever their villain is called. 
But again, their whole reason for basically fighting off the deviants was to have the population grown far enough to where their creator was going to make a new celestial being born. So why didn't they help Thanos, or not help Thanos, help stop Thanos from basically wiping out half the population of the entire universe? Because I don't know, from someone who's seeing this happen and saying, hey, my plan is to make enough people so a new Celestial is being born and this dude is about to basically stop that plan. We need to send the Eternals to stop him. Why that didn't happen, I don't know. They gave us a lot of plot holes and maybe another potential baddie, but really not a connection to anything else. I mean, sure, we got Sky Fox at the end of the Eternals, but what is that supposed to connect to? We have yet to see anything to that. Or is it connected to... Kang at all. Who knows? I got no idea. And not to mention, the Eternals weren't a big and popular characters in the MC, not the MCU, the comics. I really didn't know much about the Eternals, and this movie made me want to realize less. And yeah, they're starting to try to bring them in, especially after the whole X-Men v. Eternals war thing they had going. But they're not that popular and still aren't that popular. So who knows if the Eternals will ever make a comeback because I got no idea. They said they were going to return. No idea how or how big of a help they're going to actually be. And after the Eternals, we got Hawkeye, which was another okay series. But it did give us a look at a big street level threat, which was the Kingpin. This was really great because it signified that there was going to be two main villain threats, a cosmic level threat and a street level threat for more of the grounded characters, which was really good because it hinted that, hey, this whole threats that include the universe, this isn't going to be the threat that's going to matter to a lot of the people on Earth. I mean, sure, the universe was going to end. Sure, we got all these comic heroes. But with Falcon and Winter Soldier showing us how broken the world was, this set up something where a lot of the more grounded heroes, Spider-Man, uh, freaking Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow, was going to need to come in and help them because, I mean, they're not going to be able to help against Thanos or the next Thanos, where you're going to need someone who's able to lift a freaking boulder or throw 50 cars at somebody. No, that's more of the Hulk threats and all that stuff. So this was great. It was giving us some remnants of the Winter Soldier movie where, hey, this was a lot more grounded and nothing over the top. So I was I was very excited anyway. And it also gave us Echo, who nah, I'm not excited for this upcoming TV show. But hey, we're getting Daredevil. We got Kingpin and then they announced that Daredevil was going to come back, especially with the same actor. So, hey, it gave us something. And after Hawkeye, the next biggest movie after Endgame was brought to us and gave us a hard look at the multiverse. And this movie had so much hype. Oh my God, did it have so much hype. Had so many MCU detectives looking through all the trailers, trying to get us a hint of what was to come. And this was Spider-Man No Way Home. Had Doctor Strange, had Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and a lot of the past basically Spider-Man villains from the other movies. And hey, it basically showed we're going to connect to the Sony-verse. So you might want to pay attention to what's going on in the Sony movies, which isn't that great to begin with besides uh, Across the Spider-Verse and the whole Spider-Verse movie stuff. That's fine. I'm talking more of the Morbius and the Venom stuff. 
but it did show, hey, this is going to lead into something big because we're connecting some of the other movies that is not really a part of the MCU franchise. So it did move the plot forward with this whole multiversal thing, which is great. It's getting us somewhere and basically making us take a few steps forward. But it kind of also made people wonder, hey, how is this going to be connected to Kang? Or is there a variant going to be showing up sooner where we're going to see a lot more of the bigger picture? And we all thought we were going to see the bigger picture with Doctor Strange 2. You would figure a movie that's called Madness of the Multiverse would have Kang the Conqueror. Although it did basically show us what was going on with some of the multiverses collapsing. But the bad thing is, if you blinked, you would have missed it because the incursions are something that happened in the comics and they're super important. I feel like if they would have dived into it a lot more of why the incursions were such a bad thing, the movie could have been done better. And for a movie called Madness of the Multiverse, it really felt like very limited in what it was trying to do. But again, this was an okay movie, but it wasn't something that we were all hyped about. Sure, did we get basically the dude from The Office as Mr. Fantastic? We got Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier again, which was cool, but these cameos were very short-lived, and of course Wanda killed all of them. But again, there was no sign of Kang the Conqueror. Sure, in the end, did it show that Doctor Strange was now traversing the multiverse? Cool. But still, where was this plot going or did it give us, try to give us a good idea of where everything was going? Like I said, they really skipped over how important these incursions were going to go, especially since Secret Wars was going to be one of the Avengers movies. They could have really said, hey, these incursions may affect your Earth and all this stuff. But again, they didn't do that and we got Wanda basically yeeting herself. After Doctor Strange Madness of the Multiverse, we basically got a new TV show, which was Moon Knight, which in my opinion was one of the best TV shows we got in 2023. It gave us another hero while exploring more of the mystical realm with the Egyptian gods. Because remember, we did know already about the um, Norse mythology gods from Thor, so introducing more of that realm was good because, hey... These guys are basically the gods of the realm. Who knows how they're going to be connected? They may be connected because they know about the multiverse and so on or so forth. Did we get a lot of connections to Kang the Conqueror? No, but hey, we got a good story. We got a new hero introduced and we don't know how this is going to connect overall. Or is he going to connect more of the street level stuff that we were talking about with Kingpin? No one knows, but hey, it was still a good show. I did enjoy it. Then came Miss Marvel. I am on the 50-50 line with this show. While it had its moments, it really wasn't that good. The main villain felt really weak and how they escaped and kept coming after Kamala just it just didn't feel right. Not to mention how they beat the main villain just mm. But anyway, we were all trying to figure out, okay, I guess they're introducing a new street level hero. And then at the finale, we basically got, hey, this person's going to be connected a lot more to Captain Marvel than we previously thought. And we're like, okay, this is connecting more to another hero. 
And who knows, maybe this is going to connect more and more, give us slight hints of what's to come and how Kang was going to be more involved. Okay, we got some of that and so far the MCU still kind of rocky with one good thing coming and some two okay things. But hey, we're still in phase four. We all remembered what happened during phase two after most of the event after the Avengers film and they were still trying to find some ground. Cool. Then after Miss Marvel came a movie that so many people were hyped about. We got Gore the God Killer. This was going to connect to the other gods. And hey, if we're connecting to the other gods, maybe this is going to be showing us a hint of what's to come. I mean, we have Gore the God Killer. Someone in the comics that Thor fought for days, destroyed planets because he was killing gods. And who knows what this was going to bring to the MCU. And it sucked. Oh my god, did it suck. It felt like it was trying to be too hard on the joking parts. That, I mean, even the deleted scenes made the movie somewhat better. But hey, those aren't canon. But god, they did they waste Gore the God Killer. I mean, at the end, we got something about Valhalla with uh, Jodie Foster basically being in Valhalla with uh, Idris Elba. But no idea what's to come and the ending just felt weak. And again, made people wonder, how was this all connected? I mean, after Love and Thunder, we basically got an end credit scene where Hercules was going to be introduced. But how was this going to affect the whole multiverse? I mean, at least with the first Avengers threat, hey, we got Thanos. It was revealed that this had to do something with the Infinity Stones. and But it gave us one more with basically Phase 4. We had no idea what was going on. We had a couple of hints here and there but nothing about an overall threat. And people were wondering, was the person from Eternals was going to be here since technically they're a Celestial 2? I don't know. It felt really weak. Although Christian Bale's performance as Gore, fantastic. Not taking that away from him. He did a great job. He understood the assignment. But still, where was the MCU heading? We had one instance of Kang and that was in Loki. And at this point, it seemed like the multiverse saga was unorganized. I mean, remember, with all these TV shows coming out, including movies, which is something we never had before, hey, we got more and more of the MCU showing us what was going to happen, and it seemed like there was nothing happening at the same time. But hey, okay, maybe we're going to get better. After Love and Thunder, we were heading to the end of Phase 4, and we were promised that Phase 5 and 6 were going to hit harder on why Kang was the big villain, and we're going to go straight to the point, like the previous phases did Phase 2 and 3, for the Infinity Saga. And okay, we still had four more projects before Phase 4 was going to end, and we were wondering what they were going to bring to our table, and we got She-Hulk. Wow. That, in my opinion, was the bottom of the barrel for the MCU. There is no point in watching the show, really. And not to mention, hey, people are excited about this. Okay, we were going to explore the law aspect of the MCU and maybe connect to other heroes and other stuff. Did we get compelling court cases like we did in Daredevil? No. Even the writers admitted to not even doing research for the law aspect. The only good thing we got out of that was Daredevil and Wong. That's it. Seriously, you could have gone throughout the entire show and the ending basically erased everything. I guess they tried to pull a Deadpool, but did it like really bad. And the only thing we got was, hey, She-Hulk is going to return for Captain America, New World Order. But I mean, the show did a really bad job in introducing her. I really think they should have just waited for the movie to introduce her and all that stuff and be like, hey, 
this is uh, She-Hulk and this is her origin and all that stuff would have been a lot better and people would have been a lot more excited than this TV show made her out to be really, really bad. And like I said, didn't really bring anything to the table and people just wanted to watch because Daredevil was going to show up. Honestly, the only highlight and probably one of the only reasons why people wanted to, to see him. And not to mention, people probably thought this was going to explore more of the street level threats that Kingpin was going to bring. No, they could have used this show for that. Kind of show, hey, Kingpin is having more and more influence and he's going to be one of the big baddies for their grounded characters. No, did none of that. Didn't progress the MCU, nothing. And we began to really see the cracks of the MCU. And that was not a good thing. But these cracks were overshadowed with the next MCU movie, which was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This was really great because it kind of gave us more of the status quo about one of the most powerful nations in the MCU and what they were doing post Thanos. And you know what? With uh, Chadwick Boseman passing in real life and his character being tied to the future, it also made us want to see what was going to happen in the universe of Black Panther. Now we got Shuri as the new Black Panther, which is great. And it gave us a new neutral party, which was Namor, who has a big role to play with the incursions in Secret Wars. So, okay, we're progressing the plot. We're showing how powerful Atlantis is. Hey, maybe they're going to join in the war against uh, Kang the Conqueror. Not to mention Kang and Namor do have history in the comics. So, okay, now we're getting more and more characters that are going to be part of Secret Wars that had a big plot in the whole comic series. And it introduced us to Riri Williams, who I think had a better introduction in this movie than she had in the comics. People really did not like her in the comics, at least here, made her character a lot more likable. And hey, she was connected to Black Panther, so of course her suit is going to be a little more different and probably powerful enough to face off against an Iron Man suit, especially since, I don't know, it's made of vibranium? Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And not to mention when she was making this suit, she had the help of Shuri, who was one of the smartest people in the MCU. So, okay, we got new characters uh, coming in. She's going to get her own show. And it might connect to the whole War Machine with Armor Wars coming. So we were getting things back and started. Then we had the next two projects, which was A Wolf by Midnight, which really didn't progress anything and was its own thing, which was really weird. And then the epilogue of Phase 4, which was the Guardians of the Galaxy, a holiday special. In my opinion, did it progress anything? I mean, it did give us plot points for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and it was a fun Christmas special. It did its own thing, and anything with the Guardians was always fun. This was nothing to take seriously, and you know what? MCU's first Christmas special, a big hit, everybody loved it, I loved it, and Kevin Bacon just was hilarious. So, that was Phase 4. Some really good stuff and some really bad stuff. And again, I get it. They were talking about how Phase 4 was going to show how the MCU is trying to find itself in the new status quo and everything else. But I think the one thing that they could have shown was how they're rebuilding the world post blip. I mean, Falcon the Winter Soldier really showed us how broken the world was, and how we were able to fix it. That's what a lot of these TV shows should have been. I mean, Moon Knight was introducing us more of the mystic stuff, so that was fine. Doctor Strange really should have given us even a slight hint to Kang the Conqueror. Anything would have been great to kind of give us a direction, or just show us how more powerful this guy was going to be, instead of him showing up once in Loki, and that was it. 
I mean, at least Shang-Chi gave us, hey, some more hints to come and all that stuff. Great. But I feel like Phase 4, even though, sure, it was trying to find itself, should have just built on top of what the Infinity Saga left for us. And you know what? Cool. We're done with Phase 4. Some ups and downs. But you know what? We're going to keep moving forward and we're going to be great because you know what? Phase 5 is around the corner. And my God, did Phase 5 took a really interesting downhill, especially for Kang. You know why? Because Ant-Man was able to beat Kang the Conqueror. Yes, the new big baddie of the MCU. Someone who's going to make a Thanos-level threat or make Thanos look puny to his madness was beaten by Ant-Man. I can't tell you. How dumb it really makes Ken look. Sure, could Ant-Man beat him? That would have been okay. I mean, sure, it should have been more of him losing. But for him to beat him with no consequences. I mean, he didn't lose anybody. And not to mention, they gave us a weak and mediocre MODOK. How is this guy going to be the big baddie of the MCU? Seriously. In my opinion, if they really wanted to show how dangerous Kang was, they should have killed off a lot of these MCU characters that were in the movie. Hank Pym, his wife, or even his daughter, or Scott Lang's daughter. Do something to show us, hey, you may be able to be Kang, but it's going to cost you a lot. They didn't do that. They really didn't. And just had us be like, so is this guy supposed to be the big baddie? Someone who couldn't beat freaking Ant-Man. And I get it. At the end credit, they showed us basically, hey, there's a hundred more Kings like this. But okay, if Ant-Man was able to beat one of them, how hard is it going to be for the Hulk to do that? Seriously, not really giving us a lot of confidence in the threat era. Uh, and yeah, it just, it wasn't that great. We were all disappointed and we really thought that, hey, this was going to be the beginning of something awesome but began to show more and more of the cracks of the MCU. And then the next film to basically take place in Phase 5 is so far, in my opinion, is going to be the best movie of Phase 5 or the best movie of 2023, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Everybody was honest when it came to this film. This film was going to be more self-contained because it was going to be the last movie that James Gunn directed in the MCU since he was going to take over the DCU. This was going to finish off his trilogy that he had planned for the start. So, I mean, people went to see this movie because they wanted to see what this finale was going to bring. And oh my God, did it bring the heat. It gave us a new villain who didn't die at the end. So we all know he's going to return, especially since the High Evolutionary has ties to the X-Men and Wanda. So he's definitely going to prove important in the future of the MCU. But again, people weren't looking for the next future event where Kang was going to show up because we all knew going into this, hey, this is going to be a self-contained movie where we're basically going to introduce a new Guardians of the Galaxy team and... We're basically going to have a lot of the actors and characters retire because a lot of the actors aren't coming back. So we were okay with that. It was being honest. And it was a fantastic story. I think the most emotional MCU story ever. So kudos to James Gunn and all that stuff. And it said, hey, Quill will return and he's on Earth now. So who knows what's going to happen next. I'm very curious to where they're going to bring the Guardians. But hey, that was the movie and people were excited for the MCU. Hey, the MCU is good again. We're doing great. 
And then Secret Invasion happened, which basically brought everything back down. And you know what's funny? It started off as great. We got great character developments. Talos became one of my favorite characters until he died. We got Nick Fury and his wife. Things were looking good because it was more of a spy espionage type show. And you know how they finished this grounded espionage show? They gave us a CGI fight and introducing the most powerful character in the MCU because not only do they share almost every single person's power that was in the fight against Thanos, but including Thanos' entourage and Thanos himself. Why call anybody else when you have this hero who's able to basically have any power? And why introduce this character? Why? The MCU already showed us that it doesn't take a lot to take out Kang. All you need is Ant-Man. Like I said, if Scott Lang would have lost a lot of his friends and family trying to defeat Kang, okay, we got this person who's super dangerous, not to mention it took a lot of sacrifice just to beat him and they barely beat him. That would have gave us some stepping stones to be like, okay, maybe we're going to need this character, especially since Kang was maybe at half power, but nope. Nada. And we don't know if she's going to show up again. So there's that. The only good thing about this was basically showing that Rhodey has been a basically a scroll for a while. Maybe post-Civil War. Everything after that was basically a scroll. But I don't know. And this is supposed to lead into Armor Wars. I'm really hoping Armor Wars is going to be great, especially since it's going to be a movie. We're going to get Rhodey having his own movie, which I think is a fantastic idea because he's been one of the OG heroes in the MCU and deserves the credit. But yeah, we finally got Secret Invasion and it just terrible, really, really bad and basically just wasted everybody's time with that. Oh, yeah, we're going to introduce a whole CGI fight and have our most powerful Marvel character ever because just because. And this sucks because what? During phase two, we basically got introduced to a lot more heroes. We finally got an idea of what was going to happen, especially with the Infinity Stones. I mean, heck, even Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1 basically gave us a history of these Infinity Stones that we had seen, and we basically knew what was going on in a sense. That isn't happening here. I mean, sure, we're in the beginning of phase five, but we're almost done with year one of phase five, and we're nowhere closer. The only time Kang is going to be introduced this year is going to be in Loki season two. And we don't even know if it's going to be the right Kang or another variant that they're going to kill, defeat, whatever. But someone who's supposed to be the next big bad of the MCU shouldn't be only showing up in one movie and a couple of TV shows or actually two seasons of the same TV show. He should be showing up more and more or giving us hints of, hey, these guys are his henchmen. That's the one thing that Thanos did. He had henchmen, showed up in Guardians 1, where we had basically the Conqueror. Hey, he was a henchman working for Thanos. Great, we're getting hints. We're getting something that we're able to show that, hey, this guy's the big bad. He's having all these stuff affected and he's after what these heroes are stumbling upon. The next big movie of basically 2023 and the last movie of 2023 is going to be The Marvels, where we're getting a threat, the villain, who basically showed up for, what, three issues? On top of that, I have no idea if this is going to be connected to Kang at all. But hey, we need something to connect us to the main villain already. 
He can't be, again, showing up in two seasons of Loki and one movie. But, I mean, here we are with the Marvel's movie going to be showing up. Again, I'm praying that at least we get somebody who's working for Kang. That's all we're asking for. Because at this point, we have no idea what the direction is going to be. Are they just introducing a bunch of characters just for the Avengers movie to pop up? And we're like, oh my god, it's Kang. We need to defeat him. I mean, like I said, at least with the previous phases, we got hints of his influence. Thanos' influence with the other movies. And some people actually knew who Thanos was. Great. But again, we need some direction or nobody's going to take this threat seriously. Or people are going to be less and less likely to see the MCU because you know what? It's not the same as it was before and it's really not. I mean, if the Marvels crash and burn, that's going to be really bad for the MCU because they're not as making as much money as they used to. And that would mean the only projects that people are going to be really, really looking forward to is Deadpool 3, Daredevil, and maybe the Avengers movie. Besides that, Blade, a freaking, um, I think that's pretty much what, the Fantastic Four Maybe a Spider-Man film, maybe. But at this point, if you're only having a select amount of projects which people are really looking forward to and not everything else, you got yourself a problem because now you're looking at a quantity problem. You need to be focusing on your quality. And I know Bob Iger had mentioned that the TV shows are kind of the blame for why a lot of people are getting tired with the MCU. And he's partially right. We're getting a lot more MCU projects than we had before. Sure, this next saga is not going to take 10 years for us to get through because we're getting more and more MCU content so we're able to kind of spread out and explore the world. But with no direction, what's the point of exploring this world? Like I said, Phase 4 had the right idea building up the world post the blip. And they should have just focused on that. Hey, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Because the blip was a big thing. But I digress. That's something that they should have done with the blip, but they didn't. And now the next, besides of course Loki, that may show why Kang is going to be a threat, is going to be Deadpool 3. Because that is definitely going to be exploring the multiverse, introducing the X-Men, and giving us the Deadpool-Wolverine team-up that we so wanted. We all know that Kang isn't going to show up in this movie, but they already mentioned that they're going to be showing us that more and more incursions are happening and why the multiverse in the MCU is dying. So that is great because, hey, that's at least giving us something about the multiverse and why it may or may not collapsing. And the villain in the movie, who knows, maybe they're working for Kang. That would be something at least. I mean, sure, I'm still going to go see it because Deadpool and Wolverine are teaming up. That is not a question for debate. I am super excited for Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Heck, even if they said this wasn't connected to the MCU, I'm still showing up and watching this movie. But because it's showing up in the MCU, I just can't wait to have Hugh Jackman back and basically carrying the MCU like he did with Fox, with, of course, Deadpool helping. But, like I said, right now, for the MCU, we're having a direction problem and we're having a villain problem. Because no one is taking Kang seriously, and we have no reason to. I'm really hoping that with the new show coming up, Echo, which I know I'm not excited about, 
and will only watch because Daredevil and Wilson Fisk is going to show up. And it's going to lead into Daredevil Born Again, which will also give us Punisher that we get more and more of why Fisk is going to be playing a big part when it comes to more of the grounded phases of the MCU. I really hope it does that. I really hope that this street level villain who we all know Fisk is a big monster, although they really downplayed him in the Hawkeye TV show is going to show us how much of a monster he really is. Because if this is somewhat connected to the Daredevil TV show from Netflix, I mean, we already had him taking off some dude's head with a car door. And with Punisher being back and giving us more and more blood and gore, I cannot wait to see what the street level of the MCU is going to bring. Because at least we know Fisk is no one to play around with. He will kill you easily with his own hands or have someone else do it. (sighs) Ah, the good old days, the good old days. But anyway, like I said, these are the main problems of the MCU that we're currently facing. For me, I really hope they decrease the amount of TV projects we get and decide, hey, this is the story we want to tell. I'm sorry, this project isn't going to fit in this big tapestry that we had. We're going to have to cut it. Because we're starting to get overwhelmed with the amount of MCU content we're getting and it's ruining the magic. They're really going to have to pick and choose what story will be relevant and basically stick to that. I get they want to introduce more and more heroes into this world, but as we're able to see right now, this plan isn't working. And I'm wondering how the heck they're going to manage all of them in the upcoming Avengers movie. Because one of the guys who's writing for Kang Dynasty is the same dude who wrote for Quantum Mania, and that does not give me hope at all. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and sorry for my ranting if I went on for too long. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast. Anyway, sayonara, see you later, and see you guys next week. Have a blessed one. Goodbye.